Now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus was his name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she will live. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. And When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I could only touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came, fell down before him, and told him all the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking and I thank you that you help me to clarify what it is that you're saying to us in this moment. That these stories actually happened. This is a true story. This is an actual woman who came and we're given an intimate look into her life and in the life of your ministry. And we're given this example for a purpose. So, Father, I'm asking that you help us get all that we need to get out of that this morning. We release our faith beyond what I can do, beyond what I can say. I trust what you can do and what you can say in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen. You may be seated. Are y'all already seated? All right, then. <clears throat> I feel like we're so far away. Can y'all pull up? Can y'all come up to the front? I'll be like Cornell, pull up a chair and sit down in a minute. Wear my hat. Jesus gets out of the boat. He's walking. He's doing life. He's just, ministry is just happening. He's just doing life. And all of a sudden, this man comes up and begs Jesus, my daughter is on the point of death. Please come heal her. So Jesus responds because that's the kind of God that we serve. That's the kind of man he was. He responds and he gets up and he begins to walk. And as he's walking, the crowd follows Jesus because the crowds always follow Jesus. They always follow Jesus, especially early in his ministry. The crowds always follow Jesus. And they follow him and they're walking and they're thronging him. Now I, got, I had to look that word up because we don't say, man, why are you thronging me? We don't say that. But the word throngs means to push it means to press together. It means to press closely on all sides as a crowd upon a person. And so the, the, the Bible is so powerful because it gives us a picture. It gives every word, every statement, every sentence is valuable. And he said that the crowd followed him and they pushed him. They, they thronged him. Jesus was popular at the beginning. And they thronged him. So how many of you know that, that, that that's, that's pressing him? They pushed him. They pressed him. But Jesus, walking through this process, all of a sudden, he stops. And he turns and he looks to his disciples and he said, Who touched my clothes? And the disciples go, Jesus, really? All these people and you're saying, Who touched you? See, there's a difference between pressing Jesus and touching Jesus. There's a difference between pressing 
Jesus. There's a difference between pushing somebody and pressing somebody and touching somebody. I like this because Jesus reveals and conveys the intent that he wants you to touch him. He wants us to touch him. The Bible says that Jesus was touched with our infirmities. With all points, there's nothing that you go through. There are things that we are going through in my, in my life. I'm Things that I'm going through, that I've gone through, that I say, Jesus. And the moment I say Jesus, he goes, I know exactly where you're at. I know exactly what you're feeling. But Jesus, they, you don't understand. You, you don't understand what I'm. You don't understand what I'm going through. And He goes, Son, I know exactly, because I was touched in all points, in all references, in everything that you and I endure, everything that we've gone through and we will go through. He understands. If there's anybody that understands it, it's Jesus. He's the only. Listen to me. I love y'all. I do. I love you. With all my heart, I love you. I love this woman. She's my wife. She's my soulmate. She is me. We're one. But she, even she, doesn't know what Jesus knows. I can't be to her, Jesus. She can't be to me, Jesus. Jesus is touched. Forgot your phone. Jesus is touched. He's been touched with our infirmity. And Jesus stops and he said, whoa, hang on. Who touched me? Listen, we live in a day and age where it's popular to throng Jesus. It's popular to push Jesus. It's popular to, to, to press Jesus. But Jesus said, who touched me? My question to you this morning, those that are here, do you want to touch Jesus or do you want to press Jesus? I don't know about you, but I'm going to touch him. Lord, if I don't even know what I'm doing, how to touch you, you're going to show me how to touch you because I want to touch. I want to touch you. I don't want to touch religion. I don't want to press against religion. I don't want to press against church. I want to touch Jesus because that's where the miracle happens. So first, Jesus conveys and reveals his intent. Second, I see in this passage, Jesus confirms his word with signs following. Mark chapter 16, and they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming his word with signs following. Listen to me. It's not just the Logos word. It's the Rhema word. What has God spoke to you? If God has spoke something to you, he will confirm it with signs following. You, I believe that. He said that he would confirm his word with signs following. Jesus confirmed his word with this woman. There are some things that I noticed about this woman that I've never seen before. Number one, it says this. It says, she heard about Jesus and she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. She heard about Jesus. Now, if you just read this, you think she heard about Jesus. But it said that she spent all she had. She had suffered with this disease for years, and she heard. And one of the things that I've seen that, is, that has been robbed in the body of Christ, especially as church, as church, is the value of hearing and hearing and hearing. And here, this woman didn't hear about Jesus one time. How do I know that? Because that word heard is in the active tense, which means she heard and she heard and she kept hearing and she kept hearing and she kept hearing and she kept. Are you following me? And she kept hearing and she kept hearing. Maybe you've heard the word of God as it pertains to healing one time. And then you felt something inside of you and then it diminished away. Because you quit hearing. You quit listening. There are things that, that I have heard, that I have studied, that I have heard, and I thought, man, that's a great message. And I go and I forget. Turn to James because I feel like this is something that we need to cross over. James says this. 
the value of hearing. Well, you know, the Bible says, be ye a doer of the word and not a hearer only. See, that one verse, that one verse I see and I've, I've watched it rob people of the benefit of listening to a sermon or listening to a message or listening to a subject over and over and over and over and over again. Because they say, well, what's the use in listening to it if you're not going to do it? See, we got to be real careful because faith can become something that we show off rather than we show out with. Does that make sense? Faith can be some can be something that we stand up and we say, look at my faith, instead of look at the one who gave us the faith. The hearing of the word is so valuable. James chapter 1, he says this in verse 22, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, Ready? Here it comes. He's like a man who observes his natural face in a mirror. The mirror being the Word of God. You see something in the Word of God. You look at the Word of God and you see it. You see this Word and you see where it says you are more than a conqueror. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You see this Word and it says for he observes himself, he sees it, he, he hears it, he reads it, but he goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. Why? Because he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it. When you and I look into the perfect law of liberty, the perfect law of liberty is not a system of doing this, doing that, doing this, doing that. The perfect law of liberty is the liberty that we find in Christ. That it's not about what we do, it's about what he did. And so we look at this and we see and we look into the perfect law of liberty. Lord, there is nothing in and of myself that I can manipulate, that I can make happen, that I can work. But I know that through you, in your word, that you said I'm more than a conqueror. So if you're wrestling with doubt and disbelief, then you get in this mirror and you read it and you read it and you read it and you hear it. You hear yourself say it. You separate yourself and grab people around you that will speak life to you, that will speak words to you, and you listen and you listen and you listen. But what about doing? And you listen and you listen. That's what you're doing. You're being a doer of the word in that you read it, you keep your face in that mirror, and you let it because you can't listen to something and not do it. Because eventually it gets in you. Because we're not talking about your spirit. We're talking about your mind. We're talking about your will. We're talking about your emotions. And those are things that are subject to the outside influences of the world. But your spirit, man, has been made alive under God. Brother Hagen, my dad and my, one of my fathers in the faith, used to say, feed your faith. Feed your spirit, man. Though the natural man perish and weakens day by day, but the spirit man grows stronger and stronger daily. We're constantly surrounded by people and an atmosphere that is not conducive for a believer's life. You do know that, right? We're constantly driven by sight, by sight, by sight. And the Bible tells me that the just shall live by what they don't see. Okay? Faith is the substance. That substance is accumulated and based upon what we hear. Romans chapter 10, you don't have to turn there. Romans chapter 10 says this, says, How shall they hear without a preacher? For with the heart one believes. With the heart one believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You, you can't hang around the swimming pool and expect to stay dry. Many people have tried it, and many people have failed. You cannot hang around people that are faith people, and you not slip into faith, even on accident. You can't hang. Why, why do I know that? Because if you hang around somebody who's a doubter, guess what? It's, you're going to doubt. If you run with the dogs, you catch the what? Jesus knew. He, he understood. He, 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 he demonstrated this to us. This woman got, see, when you get desperate, 
all this fluff goes right out the window. Well, you know, brother, you just need to, sister, you just need to. And when you get desperate, you'll throw all that out the window and you'll say, Jesus. She said within herself, how did she get to the point that she said within herself? Because she'd heard and she'd heard and she'd heard about She'd heard about walking on the water. She'd heard about this boy getting born, this boy getting raised from the dead. She heard about Jesus and the many, many miracles that if we had filled up all the books with all the things that Jesus did in his we wouldn't have room enough to contain it. Jesus was busy. He was always doing so. He was always performing ministry. And the disciples, the disciples, <clears throat> the disciples followed him and they were with him all the time. And they looked at Jesus and said, What do you mean? Who touched you? They didn't even get it. Sometimes the people closest to you, they don't get it. They don't get it. Some things are just between you and Jesus. Am I preaching to myself? Maybe I'm preaching to myself. Some things are just between you. Listen, Langston, some things are just between you and Jesus. You don't even need my approval. Some things are just between you and Jesus. Bill, some things are just between you and Jesus. I may not understand what you mean, Bill, what you mean. What you, I try not to do that, but I may do that. But some things are just between you and Jesus. Listen, some things are just between you and Jesus, Robert. Some things are just between you and Jesus, Mr. Cornell. Miss, that sounds weird because he's Cornell. I'll never call him Mr. Cornell. Mr. Cornell Sr. Some things are just between you and Jesus. And some people won't get it, and that's okay. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's okay. Don't be a hater. Jesus went to the garden. This is a whole other message, and I'm going to give it to you in three seconds. Jesus went to the garden. Not three seconds. Jesus went to the garden. Listen to me. Jesus went to the garden, and he said, Peter, James, and John, you my closest confidants. Come pray with me. And he prayed, and he left him there, and he goes off for an hour, and he prays. No, no, so can he but Father, in Jesus' name, it would be anyway. And he turns and looks, and they sleep. And he rebuked them. Could you not just pray with me for one hour? Aeneas, can't you just pray with me for one hour? Just pray with me. Y'all pray. You going to pray? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're going to pray, Jesus. I mean, we just got rebuked. We're going to pray. Because it's hard to pray when it ain't your burden to carry. Some things are just your burden to carry between you and Jesus. And there's nothing wrong with that. We do work together. We are a team, but there are some things that are just sacred between you and the Father. And Jesus goes away, and he says, Father, for real, we're, we're, we're giving this intimate picture into Jesus' life, and he says, Father, if there's any other way, if there's any other way, let this cup pass before me. And he looks at the disciples, and they sleep again. And the second time, he observes them. And he watches them. And he's understanding and he's realizing that maybe there's, maybe there's something wrong with this picture. Maybe this is something that, that I got to get but just me and Jesus. And you don't live your life like that. It's not just you and Jesus. We are a body and Jesus sent them out two by two. And, but the Bible says if you believe in your heart, not y'all, there's some things that are just, listen, I love y'all but there are some things between me and this woman that are intimate that I'm not telling y'all. It ain't none of your business. It don't mean I don't love you. It just means that that's sacred. Well, there's some things between you and Jesus and, and your husband, because we're the bride of Christ, that, that is just sacred. And Jesus goes the third time and he prays and he comes back and he finds them still asleep. And the third time he releases them. He's not mad at them. Jesus in this story, Jesus did not look at the other people thronging him and get mad at them and say, why didn't you touch me like this woman did? He didn't do that because all of us are in a different place in our life. And sometimes Jesus is so big and so vast and so understanding and so full of grace and so full of love, he understands that. But he notices when someone touches Smith Wigglesworth would say that there's something about a person's faith that would cause God to pass over a thousand people and get to one person who will believe him. How do you get to that place? You don't get to that place by listening to a good message one time. Why is coming and gathering together so valuable? Can I just release you with something? 
You don't come here because you're supposed to. You should come here because you want to. And you don't serve Jesus, the kingdom of God, because you got to. You don't give because you got to. Jesus said, if that's what you're doing, don't even give it. Because you want to. This woman had heard, and she'd heard, and she'd heard, and she'd reached a place in her life where she was like, look, this is, I'm done with this. I'm done with this. She heard. She heard. She observed, and she kept observing. And, and what happens is something inside of you grows, and it grows, and it grows, and it grows, because you're listening to the life of Jesus. You're listening to the Word of God. I mean, listen to me. If you watch trash and listen to trash, what's going to come out? Do we understand that? And I talk to people, and the people that are dealing with the, listen, I love Jesus. I know I'm saved. I know my marriage. I know our family is healthy. But there are some things that that just ain't good enough. There's just some things you're going to go through that's just hard as hell. And people say, well, I don't need Jesus. Man, you try to go through that stuff without Jesus, you crazy. I'm, I, everybody, the people that I have talked to in my life that deal with something in their life, and I ask them, what are you listening to? What are you watching? What are you hearing? What are you watching? What are you hearing? And every single one of them, without a shadow of a doubt, I can trace back to you're submitting yourself to something and listening to something that's not giving you life, but sucking life right out of it. I've been doing this since I was 12 years old. I would listen to tapes and listen and listen and listen and listen. You ask her, you ask Haley, you ask Cornell, you ask anybody that knows me, and I'm listening and listening and listening to other people. And I'm listening to the Word. And I'm reading the Word. And I'm studying. I like watching movies. I do. But there's something that's happened over the past year that I watch less and less. And I, I, I and entertain myself more. And I'm watching men and people that are striving. I'm listening to Joyce Meyer, T.D. Jakes. And I'm listening to all these guys. I'm listening to Brother Hagen, and I'm listening to people, and I'm reading the Word, and I'm praying, and I'm asking the Lord, why? Because there's some things you're just not going to get unless you hear it, and hear it, and hear it. Anytime you hear something, you have a decision to make. Anytime you hear anything, there's only two options. You either accept what you've heard, or you reject what you've heard. Now, you can reject what you've heard because of tradition, because of flesh, because of what you think. But you can correct that rejection by listening to it and being open and humble to listen to what God's saying. The people that, that wrestle with things in their life, what I've seen, are the ones that resist the voice of the Lord speaking into their life. Apart, forget ministers, forget pastors, preachers, and teachers. The people that struggle in their life the most are the ones who resist any outside influence in their life but themselves. And she said to herself, let me give you one more thing and then we'll move on. Galatians chapter 3, I want you to turn there. Galatians chapter 3. I want you to watch this. I'm going to go to two more places. Galatians, and then I'm going to go to Hebrews. Galatians chapter 3 and Hebrews chapter 4. I'm going to prove this point to you. Galatians chapter 3. This is the book that Paul loves to call them foolish people. In verse 1, chapter 3, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey? Uh-oh. Obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among who you are as crucified? This only. In other words, this only, this one thing I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit 
by the works of the law or by the what? The enemy, the enemy is cunning, sly. He's not smart. I mean, he's, he's really quite dumb if you really want to look at it to go up against God. But he knows how to work us. He said, yeah, you got saved by faith, but now you got to work. And that has trickled into the church. Romans says, it's by grace you're saved, not of works. Let me ask you this. If the precedent-setting event for the believer's life in Romans chapter 10 is that for by grace you have been saved through faith, this not of works, then wouldn't it be that that is a, a foundational building block for everything in the kingdom of God? In other words, for by grace you have been prospered, and this not of yourself. For it is by grace you have been healed, for this not of yourself. For it is by grace you have been delivered, and this not of yourself. Wouldn't that make sense? So this woman, so go back. So this woman, don't st just because you start in the spirit, don't, don't try to get the flesh involved. It says this, it says that he who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. So if Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin for us, then us who know sin, who have never known righteous, can become righteous. I'm just trying to get you a picture, to picture this woman's hearing these things. She's, she's hearing these things, and she's saying, what have I got to lose? What have you got to lose? You've been trying and 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 it don't. It's not working. Because you're trying to mix your faith with the wrong thing. It is the Bible. The Bible says it is him that works in us both to will and to do. You know you're in the flesh when you feel like you've got to do something to make it happen. You know you in the flesh. But Peter was not in the flesh when he stepped out of that boat because he was scared. I mean, he was, what was it, John Wayne that said, courage is being afraid but saddling up anyway. I mean, so he's walking on the water, and all of a sudden he gets into the flesh and begins to observe everything as if he could control it, as if he could do something from it, as he, oh my gosh, this is too good to be true. Oh my gosh, and he began to be distracted and began to sink because he got into the, he didn't stay in the flow. He didn't stay in the spirit. This woman heard, and she kept hearing, and she kept hearing. Hebrews says, therefore we ought to give more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. Those verbs are not just one time in the Greek. See, we have such a limited definition in the English. Well, I heard that. Well, did you hear it one time, two times, three times, or you've been hearing that? Because if you say, oh, I've been hearing that, that's not even correct grammar. Oh, I done been having heard all that you've been done saying. But the Greek takes all of that and mixes it in. It's not just hearing. Well, I don't know if I believe that. Well, then you listen to it some more. Read it some more. Study it. I love people that say, well, I don't believe that. Well, what do you believe? I don't know, but I don't believe that. Well, you don't even know what you believe. You, you don't even believe this. I have many conversations I've had with people who say, well, I don't believe that. Well, what do you believe? Well, I, it ain't in there. Well, then I ain't got you way out farther than where I want to go. This, the hearing of the word, and the word, there's some things that God speaks in you. Let me tell you something. There's no word that's going to come from God that doesn't line up with this word right here. If it does, it ain't God. Well, the Lord told me, and then whatever you fill in the blank, if it doesn't line up with that word, it ain't. It ain't. 
It ain't never and never going to be the Word of God because he's not going to violate. The Bible says that the Spirit and the Word agree. The Spirit's not going to tell you something that's not in there. But I also have noticed this, that Jesus didn't want us to live God didn't want us to live by the letter of the law only. That's why the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. He did something. So there are things in the Word of God that you really is ambiguous. It's the principle. It's the truth behind the thing. Because you've got to depend on the Holy Spirit. Are you going to throng Jesus? Are you going to push and press Jesus? Are you going to touch him? This woman touched him. And the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down and told him all the truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. She heard. Then what she do? She said. See, when you're a hearer, when you listen, when you read, when you study, when you, when you immerse yourself, when you hear and you hear and you hear, that verb is the active tense. You keep hearing, you keep hearing, you keep hearing. See, those that press derive their self-worth from the crowd. Those that touch derive their self-worth from Jesus. So you're hearing and you're hearing and you're not letting, you're not letting what others say. You're not letting what others feel. This woman should have never been in that crowd because it was against the law to, to go in public. You were diseased. You had an issue of blood. Nobody wants to be around you. Nobody wants to touch you. You stink. You're dirty. Religion tells you that too. You don't need to go to church. You're dirty. You got to get yourself cleaned up first. Kevin would go out of business if everybody got their car fixed before they brought it to him. You don't go to you don't, go to, you don't put a wrench in the hands of a novice. You put it in the hands of a professional, and his name is Jesus. When your sense of success and significance and satisfaction are derived from comparing yourself to others, you are no longer the leader of your own future. She didn't do that. She went against that. Your personal value is determined by your creator, not by you or anyone else. Your value to yourself and others begins with a high regard for the value God invested in you. If you don't see the value that God put on you, why should anyone else see it? This woman went beyond, listen to me, this woman went beyond the norm. They didn't place value on her. But she had heard, and she had heard, and she had heard, and something on the inside of her said, mm, if I could just but touch something in the sea. She went from hearing to saying. You got to go from hearing to saying. You got to say it. There are things that we say to each other that I won't say to you because I got to say it out of my mouth to understand. I think we need to. I'm here, I feel like maybe the Lord's saying, bam, and you say it. And what happens? Because you've heard and you've heard and you've heard, but there comes a point where you hear it, and now that hearing, it's like, a, it's, like a, it's like a bottle, it's like a Coke bottle. You shake it up, it's going to pop. Something inside of you is going to pop, because the Bible says that out of the abundance of the, the, listen to what people say, listen to what people say, listen to what people say, because they're giving you an indication of what's in their heart at all times. Listen to what people say, listen to what people say. I don't like this. I, I don't want to go down this way. I, 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 I'm trying to get rid of I and say, Lord, I, I sense the Lord saying. I, I don't want to even say the Lord said unless I just, because there's some things that you just, you, 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 you prophesy in part and you know in part. And so you, I sense the Lord. But this woman said, if I could just, if I could just but touch. I know that if I could, if, Lord, if you would just speak. I've seen people, I've heard of people that would just say, Lord, if you'd speak to me, I'd give my life to you. And the Lord would come on TV and speak to them, and they give their life to Jesus. Right Now, I heard a testimony the other day about a woman who called a woman and led her to Jesus over the phone. <laughs> over the phone. Led her over the phone to Jesus. You don't know what people are going through. You may be the Jesus walking down the road that they need. 
you and I. Humility is, I like this, humility is seeing God's value in yourself and using it to bless others. This woman wasn't trying to be a superstar. She wasn't trying to be a know-it-all. She just found in herself something that went contrary to the culture and contrary to religion. Jesus said it's your traditions, it's your religion that makes the Word of God of no effect. This woman bypassed all of that. How did she buy? Because she heard, and then what did she do? She said, those that press follow their flesh. Those that touch follow their heart. Because it's with the, well, you can't trust your heart. Well, the Bible said to me that it's with the heart that I believe. you telling me I can't trust my heart? Because the heart of man is what's changed in the instant, in the moment. The Word of God comes forth through the preaching of the Word of God, and the man's heart is changed forever if he accepts it as truth. Romans 10 said, for with the heart one believes. <laughs> Can I say this? She touched Jesus long before she came in contact with his clothes. She did. She touched Jesus long before she came into contact. Because in her heart, she said, if I, if I just touch, she knew that the minute she touched his clothes, where are you at in your life? Where are you at in this point? Are you at the point where you say, if, Lord, if I could just but and fill in the blank, are you at that point? Maybe you're not. Maybe you're not there. Maybe you need to live. Maybe you need to, to maybe you're not desperate enough. I don't believe everybody's got to get desperate. I believe you can just, you can get delivered before you get desperate. But where are you at? And finally, what does she do? She did something. But she didn't do something from a work. She did something because what she'd heard and what she'd said produced in her the action. It's him that does in you, that works in you both to will and to do. She did something. Those that press are moved and carried by the current of the crowd. But those that touch Jesus are moved by the flow of the Father. When you're in touch with Jesus, you flow with the heart of the Father. And people try to strip that away yeah? Stay away from people who try to control you and stifle your personality. I heard T.D. Jakes say that. Stay away from people who try to control you and stifle your personality. That's never Jesus. That's never Jesus. I have to be real careful that I don't allow myself to stifle my three daughters and their personality because it may not be necessarily the way that I think it should be. But if I'm not careful, I'll crush I'll crush that. The church has done, the religion has done that. It's, it's crushed. It's crushed us. Well, you can't be a leader till you've been born again for 18 years. I know people who've been born again for 18 years and they still ain't no leader. How many times would Jesus heal somebody? Listen, oh, how many times would Jesus live? How many times, how many times would Jesus touch somebody, heal them, and go, now you go tell everybody what I just did? You want to be, you want to get touched? Yes, I want to be touched, I want to be healed. And he'd heal them and say, You good? Yeah, we're good. Now I'm delegating you and giving you the authority to go. The madman of Gadara went into all the city, and they were amazed, and they begged Jesus to stay for two days. So he stopped his worldwide missionary tour for two days and held over in this city because of a crazy man that got delivered. Not because of what Jesus, listen, not because of what Jesus did, but because of what this man said Jesus did. There's a big difference. Ephesians says this, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men and the cunning craftness of deceitful plotting. There's something that happens when we walk in line with what God has said because it's in us. See, you do, you do something and your heart's not in it. Is it going to give you the same benefit? Because eventually, guess what? I'm just going to let you in on a little secret. You ready? We all do what we want to do when we want to do it. We do. Well, what about the people who don't want to do 
what they don't want to do when they want to do it. They're still doing what they want to do when they want to do it. They just don't want to do what they want to do. They want to do what you want to do. They're called servants. But we all do what we want to do. The question is, is what you want to do in line with what he wants you to do? Do you love Jesus? Are you just wanting to push a button? Just wanting to push Jesus and get something? Or are you wanting to touch him? <laughs> the last thing he did was He championed her. Jesus is always our biggest champion. He's our biggest cheerleader. He looks at her and he conveys to her, daughter. Faith accesses something that no man can open and no man can shut. If my littlest one was here, Brim Brim, she don't care about y'all. She wants something, she's going to come up here and ask me. She's done it. We have to train her and teach her that there's an appropriate time, right, and an appropriate moment for her to come in. But when she's little, she don't, she don't care. She'll run up there and ask me while I'm standing here talking to you and interrupt all of y'all because she wants me to give her 50 cents so she can go get her Coca-Cola. And get, Jesus, said, Jesus said this. He said, those are the ones. Laurel said it at the beginning. What do you want? What do you want? Don't even worry about what you need. That's not your responsibility. I almost feel like sometimes, no, I don't almost feel. I know for me, I'm going to say it for me. I'm not going to say it for you, but for me, I, I, I'm, I'm, I have quit praying for what I need. Because I don't feel like that's my responsibility. He said, go ahead, Miss Geneva. Who will? He said he'd give me the desires. Maybe the reason why we don't have the things in our life that we want to have is because we're not asking him for what we, what we want. This woman, this woman did what one of my favorite pastors, Chris Hodges, said in his book, this woman did what he said to do. In order to live a life with a breath of fresh air, you'll have to eliminate events, activities, and relationships that don't contribute to who you are and what you're about. When you discover your identity and unique gifts and then become empowered to exercise them, you need to prioritize and focus on what matters most. Those things you're called to do that only you can do. Many people are going through life out of breath because they're involved in so many activities, many of which do not contribute to their life's purpose. You throng in Jesus? Because, you're, because we're so consumed with all the activities, are we touching him? Are we contributing? I mean, I'm going to ask you to, to do something for me. Close your eyes and just picture this woman in her house. In her house, 12 years, spent all she had. She ain't got nothing. She ain't got no more money. You don't have to get there. I don't have to get there. I refuse to get there. These stories, the Bible says, was given for our edification, for our instruction. And we see a woman who went through everything before she turned to the one that she should have touched from the beginning. You don't have to wait till it's all gone. You don't have to wait till you're so desperate. Only a fool, the Bible says, learns from his own mistakes. No, I want to touch Jesus. I'm going to touch Jesus. I'm going to say, Jesus, I, 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 I want to touch you. If I could touch the hem of your garment, if I could just but. I'm not going to throng. I'm not going to, I don't even care what the crowd does. See, the people follow the crowd. Don't follow the crowd. Follow the Father. 
What is it that you want? That word came forth from the beginning and is still here. The heart of Jesus is saying to us, what do you want, son and daughter? Everybody agrees. Everybody knows what it's going to take to get there. Sometimes we forget to ask ourselves, what do we have to leave behind to get there? You're going to leave behind the approval of man. You're going to leave behind the appearance of what it looks like. You're you can't follow man. You can't follow what tradition. You can't, listen, these end times, you can't follow none of that. You've got to follow the spirit of the living God. I'm going to read this prophecy that someone sent me, and then we're going to pray. I'm going to let Cornell come up here and dismiss us. What are you willing to leave behind? This was a prophecy concerning the beginning of an unusual chain of events. And it says, even though the church, God will restore a place and even greater anointing upon the newborn generation. This generation will come in the stead of Abel and they will give birth to a spiritual movement unprecedented like no other, having no previous example but the Bible. We don't, some of the things that are going on in the body of Christ, we don't have any example for. And the moment we try to put a structure on it is the moment that it turns into the traditions of men. God is building His church. God is doing something. And the only, manif the, only t the only thing we the instruction book we have is the beginning of the church. So if it don't look like that, don't do it. You do away with it. But there's something that God is birthing that requires all of us, look at me, to trust. To step out. We got to think beyond where we're at. In other words, you got to think beyond one love. You got to think beyond Tifton. You got to think beyond Georgia. You got to think beyond the United States. There's more. God's wanting us to strive and believe for more. Don't be stuck here in your mindset. Think global, think kingdom. But what God's doing, we ain't got no, we don't have an instruction manual for. The only instruction manual we have is that we pray and we obey. Now, I'm going to read this last because this, early this morning I was reading. I said, Lord, he said, son, I'm going to give you an example of a church that went beyond the crowd and touched Jesus together. <clears throat> Peter and John arrested. Right? Beaten. The Bible says in chapter 4 of Acts, verse 23, and being let go, they went to their own companions. Listen, that's, I could preach, I could spend another hour preaching on that right there. You better find your people. It goes beyond just what you think. Go beyond, it goes beyond, find your companions. Believers, the believers, every believer ought to be companions. We ought to be, we ought to be each other's biggest cheerleaders. You better surround yourself with your people. And reported all the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God. You have made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. 
who by the mouth of your servant David have said, Why do the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant unto thy servant that with all boldness we may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus Christ. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness. Stand to your feet for me. Are you ready? It's not just about what you want now. It's what I hear the Lord saying. Are you ready? Because it may not, it's not going to look like what you thought it was going to look like. We say that and it sounds good. Are you ready? And they gathered together and they assembled together. And they lifted up their voice in one accord. Father, we lift up our voice this morning in one accord. Whatever things we're going through together as individuals, we go through together as companions. We go through together as a family. Lord, you're the one that came down and established all this. You're the one who gave us the authority and the dominion. You're the one who told us to go. And as we go and as we preach and as we do and as we serve, we meet resistance. And it's easy for us to buckle under that resistance. But Lord, we pray with one voice, with one heart, grant unto thy servants that with all boldness we may declare the word with greater power, that you would confirm it with demonstration and with power and with signs. Let this week be another week of phone call, conversation, confirmation, transitions people into the kingdom of God. Let this week be another week where we pray for someone who said, if I could just but get a word from the Lord this week, And we touch that person where they are because we are your hands and we are your feet. And as we touch them and as we pray for them, the symptoms in their body dries up and they immediately feel better. Father, the decisions and the choices that that you are leading us to make individually and as a body, Lord, give us, help us see the end from the beginning. Help us see that the decisions we must make affect where we're going to go. And we purpose in our heart to obey what you've put in our heart. No matter what, no matter what, we value to say, Father, in the name of Jesus, we only want to do what you want us to do. In the name of Jesus.